chapter 23, verse 39. One of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Does not thy fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto to thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. It was about the sixth hour. There was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Sixth hour be twelve o'clock noon. Ninth hour be three in the evening. The sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the mist. And Jesus had cried with a loud voice, He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having said thus, He gave up the ghost. Now, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. May we pray. Lord, I thank Privilege to preach again. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for America. Freedom that we have, Lord, just to be here and bring our Bibles and learn about you. And Lord, I pray you bless our time together. Prepare my heart and the hearts of the people that we may receive what you have for us. And I'll thank you for what's done in Christ's name. Amen. I'd like to talk to you today about the three crosses. Jesus was crucified between two thieves and, uh, of course, his own cross there. Let's look at the man on the first cross. He was dying in sin. In verse 39, one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Notice he is unrepentant. Even in his dying moments, a lot of people say, Well, I'm going to get saved right before I die. You know, what makes a person think that their heart will be any more tender then than it is now? In fact, many times the heart is harder. The word rail means to speak bitterly or to rage. He's unrepentant. In Luke 13, 3, Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Acts 17, 30, He commandeth all men everywhere to repent. There's no salvation without repentance. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God wants everybody saved. Everybody's not going to be saved, but they could be saved if they would. The thief on the cross here is unrepentant, even in this, this time of, of his last moments on earth. Then another thing about the first thief is that he is, uh, he is unbelieving. He said, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. You don't get saved by saying, Lord, if I'm a sinner, save me. I've heard people testify to that. If there is a God, I want him to save me. The Bible says you must believe there, that he, there is a God. You know, you must have a repentant heart. Not if I be Christ, not if I'm a sinner, save me. Lord, I am a sinner. I acknowledge it. I admit it. I need forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness. And I believe that 
you're who you say you are, and I want you to save me. He's unbelieving. John 8, 24, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Can a person be saved and reject the divinity of Jesus Christ? Absolutely not. No salvation, neither is there salvation in any other. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's Jesus or hell. Those are the choices. If you believe not that I am he, not if I be Christ, but Lord, I believe that you're who you said you were. John 3, 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 3, 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. The Bible said an unbeliever, a person that rejects Jesus Christ, is already condemned. Already judged. Many people think there's a great judgment day. You know, that everybody's going to be resurrected at the same time, and there will be a great judgment day. And at that judgment, it will be determined where a person will spend eternity. But the Bible teaches that a person that does not believe is already condemned, already judged, sentence has already been passed. And the only thing standing between us and eternity is that heart keeps beating. And uh, those breaths keep coming. God says he gives to all life breath and all things. Here is the thief on the cross, unrepentant. He's unbelieving. Then thirdly, he is unconscious of eternity. He said, if I be Christ, save thyself and us. If you're who you claim to be, get off of the cross and get me off of the cross. He was only living for this life instead of the world to come. He had no comprehension of eternity. You know people like that? In fact, that's the way we were for the most part probably before God intervened in our life. We were living for the present, living for the temporal, with no understanding of eternity. The awesomeness of eternity. I'm reminded of the story of the man went into this bar and was handed out tracks. He handed a track to a man and he tore it in two and threw it on the floor. But he looked, uh, he looked down, looked down on, on the floor and he saw the word God in bold letters on that track that he had torn in two. He picked it up and turned it over on the back side was eternity. God and eternity. We need to be conscious of, of that great truth and not live our lives just for the present. In Luke chapter 12, you have the story of the rich fool. Jesus says, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. God does not measure success by the things that we have in this world. What should a prophet a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Mark 8, 36 tells us. But the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? 
I have nowhere to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater barns. And then I'll say to my soul, soul, I as much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said, thy fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? God said, eternity is awaiting you. That man did not build one barn. He did not harvest one crop. He went down into eternity to meet God. The rich fool was unconscious of eternity. He failed to realize that man on that middle cross could save him and forgive him of his sins and give him a home in heaven. Here is a man dying in sin. Then we look at the man on the middle cross. He is dying for sin. Here's a man that had no sin of his own. But he had my sin upon him. You know, for me to go to heaven, my sin, I, 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 I owe a debt of sin. We owed a debt of sin that we could not pay, and it was growing every day. You know the song. Here's a man that took upon himself the sins of the world. The Bible said in 1 Peter 2.24, Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree. Why did Jesus take a body? So he could die in our place. So he could pay our debt of sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What a wonderful, what a wonderful deal God gives us, if you want to put it that way. You can trade, your, trade all of your sins for righteousness. In a moment of time, all we have to do is acknowledge our need, acknowledge our sin, and God will forgive us and impute his righteousness to us. It's kind of like a person owes a million dollars. Don't have, don't have a penny to his name. Someone comes along and pays that million dollars and deposits a million dollars in their name in the bank account. You'd say, man, that'd be a great deal, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you, a deal that's better than that. Jesus has took, taken all of our sins and given us his righteousness. We see the love of God. Why did he do it? For John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Why did he do it? Love. Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died on that cross in our place because he loved us. And he loves us while we're sinners. That's a wonderful thing. He loves the drunk. He loves the dope addict. He loves the harlot. He loves the murderer and the thief. And he died for those sins. Man can be forgiven. The love of God, we have the justice of God. In Romans 8, 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. God's justice demanded a sacrifice. A lot of people think, well... You know, I, I've, I know I've not been perfect, but I've tried to do what's right, and I think God will let me in. He'll let you in if Jesus Christ has paid your debt 
and you've accepted that payment. Isaiah 53, verse 10 and 11, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Then he goes on and said, He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. The justice of God demands payment for sin. Look up 2 Peter. I want to turn there and share those scriptures with you. In 2 Timothy, 2 Peter, pardon me, chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2, that's page 1318, and verse uh, number 4. For if God spared not the angels of sin, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. God says he's judged those in the past. He judged the angels. He judged the Andalusian world in the days of Noah. He judged Solomon Gomorrah. Justice must be satisfied. The justice of God. Then we have the mercy of God. You know, the thieves were getting justice. Verse 41, we indeed justly, we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. God's mercy. God's mercy kept me out of hell till I could get saved. You know, we have a world today that they're not in church this morning. And they don't go any Sunday. They don't go to church, period. They probably never give a thought to God, but God has mercy on them. Let's them go about their way and live until hopefully one day they can be saved. The Bible said in James 5, 11, The Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Ephesians 2, 4, But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. In 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus died for the world. You know, I think of, they say one-fifth of the population of the world is Muslim, or is, accepts the, the religion of Islam. That's a lot of people. Without Jesus Christ, they'll all be lost. Many of those doors are closed to the gospel. Many of those countries, it's against the law to change your religion. I know, you know, we support a missionary, David Cloud, who was in Nepal for a number of years and, and uh, then was forced to leave. Now he's back there. And it's, it's been against the law. They, they're becoming a little more open now, but it's... It's been a, against the law to change your religion from Hinduism to Christianity. And yet Jesus died, died for those people. Thank God some of them are getting saved. The wonderful thing about it is that church that he established there before he was forced out of the country, you know, uh, they're, they, they're still going strong and, and have established several other churches and missions. Jesus died for the world. Then we have a man on the third cross. He's dying to sin. 
The first man's dying in sin. Jesus is dying for sin. This man is dying, dying to sin. It's a wonderful picture of, of salvation by grace. Here's a man that all he can do is believe. He can't perform any good works. He can't join the church. He can't be baptized. You ought to do those things. He can't come to church. All he can do is put his faith in another man that's dying. It's a wonderful picture how a person gets saved. Notice the things involved in salvation is repentance, first of all. Verse 40 and 41, The other answer and rebuked him, that is the other thief, saying, Does not thy fear God? seeing thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. We're getting what we deserve. He has a repentant heart, and that brings salvation. He agreed with God about his sin. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 7, 10, but for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. What is true repentance? Acts 26, 20, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Repent. What is repentance? I'm going down the road. I hear the gospel. I change my mind, turn around, and go back the opposite direction. When I do that, I've repented. He has repentance. He has faith. Verse 42, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now this is one of the most amazing illustrations in the Bible of real faith. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Get the picture. Here's three men on three crosses. Here's one, one thief and he, uh, is in, he said, If you're who you claim to be, get, get, get yourself and get me off of this cross. Here's another man that says, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. A kingdom? He's hanging on a cross. How's he going to have a kingdom? In a short time, he'll be dead. Would you put your faith in a dying man? That's what we do, isn't it? Of course, he died, but he got up. He's alive. And uh, you know what he believes? He believes in the resurrection. That's what, that's what we believe when we get saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with a heart man believeth unto righteousness, with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. What do you believe in order to get saved? You believe in the resurrection. It was important that he die on the cross for our sins. But if it ended there, if he died for our sins and they took him down and put him in a grave and he's still there, we might as well forget about any hope of the future. Here's a man that has faith. He said, I know you're dying just like us, but I believe you're who you claim to be and I believe you're going to get up from the dead. And Lord, get, you, get a kingdom and when that happens, remember me. What did Jesus say? He said, I verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. <laughs> you don't have to wait to the future. I'm taking you with me. I'm taking you with me when I go to paradise. Paradise at that time was in the heart of the earth. 
Paradise now, according to 2 Corinthians 12, is in the third heaven where Jesus is. First heaven is the atmospheric heaven. Second heaven is the starry planetary heavens. And the third heaven is where God is, where paradise is, and where you go when you die. And it's a very real place with real people that are really alive. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's something to look forward to, the Bible teaches. Paul said, I have a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. He said, it isn't just a little bit better, it's a, it's a whole lot better. You know, if we was there, we'd all be better off on Faith. Faith in the resurrection. Jesus says, we're going, going to paradise, then I'm going to bring you out, bring, uh, bring you out of there and one day resurrect the body. Then he, had, he confesses in verse 42, Lord, he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. No man can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. He acknowledges Jesus for who he really is. Well, this is a wonderful story about the crucifixion, the three crosses. I trust that you represent, that you identify with this thief and uh, that you're saved today by the grace of God. Wonderful thing about being saved is whenever death comes or whenever the Lord comes, we're ready. We don't have to worry about it. Don't have to say, oh my, uh, you know, I need some more time. It's wonderful to be saved and be ready to go when God calls for us. If you're not saved today, by all means, receive Christ and get saved. Let's bow our heads, please.